I was no, I didn't want the status quo. I don't belong. I, I was, I want to be somebody. I want to be what my father couldn't be. So my father used to talk to me, and I was very young, and I didn't understand what he was. I I couldn't comprehend. But as the time passed by, and I start to mature, I I felt like you asked me uh, the changes. I felt guilty if I didn't study. I didn't. I I didn't accomplish something in life. Hey everybody, welcome to Sound Bombing. I created this show for people who want to experience a radical, life-changing journey through the sounds of my diverse guests. I hope that each sound you hear on this show will strengthen your faith, encourage your dreams, and challenge you to awaken the greatness within you. Drop the bomb! Drop the bomb! We're gonna drop the bomb! This is a journey into sound. A journey which along the way will bring to you new color, new dimension, new values, and a new experience. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, whatever the time of the day it is, you're at the right place at the right time with the right host on the right show. Happy, happy day to you. As always, I'm so excited that you decided to hang out with me in the bomb shelter. Welcome to my show. I'm your host, Dr. Lamar Darnell Shields, and I am the creator of Sound Bombing. And my goal with this show is to introduce you. Yes, you and you and you and you and you introduce all of you to people with ideas that will help you unlock your full potential. Who would have ever thought that there will be a show of overcomers? There will be a show of people who are, who've persevered, who've gone against the grain. Who would have ever thought that I would get a chance to host this show? And so if you are, have not subscribed to the show, what have you been waiting on? I encourage you to hit that button and subscribe. I encourage you to share me with all of your friends, not because I'm a cool guy and I have, because I'm smart. I'm cool and smart because I invite cool and smart people to the show. And thank all of you for who, who've been listening to us. We need some brightness today. We know in this country, We've had some police brutalities taking place. We've had issues around racism and issues around hatred and gender challenges, issues around hatred of immigrants and people from other other places because because how they speak and how they walk and how they talk. So this is an opportunity for us to celebrate some amazing people who are going to help us elevate our full potential. Because, again, many of you who listen to this show, you said that you have some goals for this year, or you have some resolutions. That means that there's some things you need to resolve from last year. And so that's what this show is about. So let's get down to it. I have a question for you, Sound Bomber community. Have you ever thought about moving abroad? Are you in a situation where you feel like leaving your home country is the only choice? Or maybe you just want to start a new life in a new place? Who knows? 
Well, let me tell you, you are not the only one. I've lived all over the country. For those that know, I grew up in Chicago, but also grew up in Puerto Rico and, and, and Mexico and, and traveled to Brazil and traveled to Haiti and Dominican Republic. I have moved all over the country. And so I know what it all over the world, rather. So I know what it means to pack up and leave your country without a plan. Well, actually, I did have a plan. I had to have a plan because most of the time I travel, I had young people with me and they weren't my children. So I, I better have a plan, right? Because their, their parents paid a lot of money to for them to hang out with me. So I did have a plan. But when you travel, it can be very intimidating. You know, heck, it can be downright frightening. Yet it's something that I managed to do and hundreds of people are doing every day, sometimes by choice, sometimes if you're reading the news, sometimes by necessity. The situation is always different. The feeling, however, is always the same. You just have to set a date and pack your bags. The decision is never an easy one, no matter how much you might want to escape a situation or start anew. You essentially have to say goodbye. Adios. Que le vaya bien. Ciao. Goodbye to a life. Tear up a little bit. Squeeze in that suitcase and try to sum it all together. It's like building a kitchen from Ikea without a manual. You know what I mean? With that, 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 if you don't have that manual with that Ikea stuff, it falls apart. And tools are broken. But let me just tell you this. We still do it. And my next guest knows this story too well. Because as a child born in Italy during the war, War One, Salvatore, Salvatore Forcina, early years were spent in poverty, stricken without proper shelter. Like many Italians during this time, his parents followed a popular migration to Argentina, a stable country. But shortly after arriving, he was sent away to live with an order of priests for seven years as they offered the only available avenue for educating him. The one thing that he kept going during his lonely time is that he always wanted to help people. He kept that at the front of his mind. And not only did he keep that in the front of his mind, his back of his mind, he actually did it. He immigrated to America and became the chief of surgery at two major hospitals and the author of a forthcoming book, The American Dream. Who am I talking about? I want to welcome Dr. Salvatore Forcina to the sound bombing community. Doctor, welcome, 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 welcome. How are you? Hi, thank you very much, Dr. Shield, for giving me this opportunity to be able to talk to you. I want you to let my listeners know where you're calling in from, and we like to do a check-in, doctor. How are you doing? I'm doing very well, thank you. I'm calling right now from New Jersey. Uh, I'm staying with my daughter. I came for for one week, but <laughs> here we are, almost two months. I'm still here. I, I retired to Florida. Um, uh, the villages is one hour north of Orlando. It's a beautiful place, sunny all the time, playing golf, going with the golf cart. And they have a good time and then really able to slow down because my life have been like a being in a train in which you are sitting looking through the window and this train was going 150 miles per hour. 
So what happened, whatever I saw, everything was blurred. But now that my train is going to 10 miles per hour, I say, wow, look at this landscape. Thing that I didn't see before. Mm. That's a great, that's a great metaphor, a great way to start the show. You are definitely living the American dream. I got to call you a gringo now, man. I mean, you are yes, living an American yes. dream. You moved to Florida, got a golf cart, hanging out with the big wigs in the in 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 in, in, in your place. And I've worked and I've worked in Florida. I'll be in Florida in a couple of weeks, so I know the type of living down there, well, outside of all the hurricanes and everything like that. Now you are living this American dream, and you said that your life was moving almost like at the speed of light. You know, a young person having to be as I as I open in my introduction, I got a chance to move sort of freely around the globe, working with young people, volunteering and giving back. Yours was sort of like a forced migration of a little a little young man having to move from place to place. What are some of the lessons that you learn from your early years from a young man moving from country to country? And how have those lessons made you the man that you are today? Well, you know, there is a pro and con. The pro is that the, I had to be, when you start your practice, after you finish your training, nobody knows you. Nobody mm -hmm. know, knew Salvatore Forcina, who he was. So I had to be available night and day because when another doctor need assistance in an emergency case, I had to be available. And so many times, my wife, parents used to live in Cherry Hill, and many times we were planning to go to see her parents, my, uh, my in-laws, because my father-in-law was sick. And then many times I had to disappoint my wife and go back to the operating room, and she had to go by herself to Cherry Hill and uh, travel alone. The, uh, the same token is that because of, I didn't have enough time to spend with my family, I, I was working night and day, like that train wreck that I explained before, mm -hmm. I li really didn't spend too much time with my daughter. And, um, and that didn't hit me until I started to write this book that they, my daughter, my granddaughter, because it's not that I, I, I don't want to be there. My wife used to be in the soccer game and she was saying the other people that were asking her, she was divorced or they were, she was a widow, whatever. So a very sad, psychologically very sad moment. But that, that was part of my life to, to climb that mountain. For me to climb that mountain, I don't have a choice. I don't have a choice. I, I without barefooted and uh, when uh, without gloves. I mean, you're going to scrape yourself. You're going to bleed, and uh, that's what have been my life. So, how does a young kid who's growing up in abject poverty, um, not knowing where his next meal is coming from, not able to see his parents, what do you hold on to? Talk to me about maybe hope. Talk to me about well, perseverance. What are the things that, that you held on to that kept you moving instead of looking in a different direction? Well, I had the advantage 
I have uh, parents. I have my father, my mother, and uh, from the beginning, I was able to be see, see and understand what they were going through. They left uh, Italy during the war. Everything was destroyed. The family, the brother, my, my father, brother, my uncle was killed. And it was a misery, a destruction all over. So to migrate to another country in which you don't speak the language, we are talking about 1948, 1948. So uh, that was a very difficult situation. And then, so, but I think today, at least in this country, in the United States, in the way I see it, there is the advantage, the internet, the advantage you can talk to, there is a phone. When I grew up, I didn't have television, I didn't have a, a, a radio, I didn't have telephone, I didn't have nothing. As a matter of fact, I didn't have a guide. I didn't have a guide that they, they told me, don't do this, do that, go to the right, go to the left. My life was like a tunnel. I was going to the dark tunnel, I saw a light at the end of the tunnel and I followed the light. But when I reached that end of the light, you know what they was written, dead end. So I had to go back. So for the youth in this country, this is a beautiful country, like anybody else had the problems with a human being, we have problems. But we had to try to be a big family and try to understand each other because nobody's perfect. We all had defect. And so my guide for the young guy, the young person, is to look forward. You had the opportunity. It's not going to be easy. Never is easy. And I have my own life. More than once, I was ready to quit. But for some reason, there was something there at the last minute that I was down and somebody lifted me up. I don't know. But uh, so what I want is to everybody succeed. And if I succeed, a lot of people can accomplish something in life. So what do you think, what do you think was your, your biggest takeaway from transitioning from growing up where you grew up in Italy and also in Argentina and then coming to this country? Like what, a, what was your biggest takeaway from the whole lesson of growing up the way that you did? Well, the main thing is that when I came to this country, I, I, in Argentina, I saw there was no possibility for me. I went back to Italy when I graduated, I was a doctor already, but I saw they were there as a limited system and it was impossible. So when I came to this country and, and I saw my family and I talk and I start to see things, I saw a completely different world. I say, and I understood that nobody was going to put a red carpet for me to walk. I had to sweat, I had to work hard, but I don't know when, but I was convinced that one day I would succeed. I don't, the, the question, the big question was, how long is it going to take? But you know, what choice do I have? I was looking for a better, a better, better world, and then, and I just had to, uh, had to be patient. 
So, so you left Italy and then you ended up in Argentina. Now, correct me if I'm wrong. When you were in Argentina, was it still under the dictatorship of Juan Perón? Came after 1955. Yeah, well, yeah. Was, so you came was, after. You came after. No, no, no. Was was during that time by the revolution in '55, whatever. Yes, was the dictatorship because Perón was attaché in 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 uh, in Rome during the time of Mussolini. So yes. you have a, a dictator Mussolini. You have dictator Perón, and uh, so the it's like I say. Sala de Guatemala va a Guatepeor. You leave Guatemala, uh, Spanish translation, yeah. and you go to, from a, a bad place, you go to work. The mother bad place, yeah, indeed, indeed. Yeah. So, so what happened was that... In Every Argentina, now and then I can pick up on some, I can pick up on some Italian because of my Spanish background. Yeah, I speak Spanish too. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so anyway, I spent 20 years in Argentina, mm. but I never really completely assimilated because uh, I was no, I didn't want the status quo. I don't belong. I, I was, uh, I want to be somebody. I want to be what my father couldn't be. So my father used to talk to me and I was very young and I didn't understand what he was, I, I couldn't comprehend. But as the time passed by and I started to mature, I, I felt like you asked me uh, the changes. I felt guilty if I didn't study, I didn't, I, I didn't accomplish something in life. Because they had the, done the sacrifice, leaving their own country and the, the family to go to another place at the end of the world. Because you have to realize this was 1948. Uh, there was no the communication we have today. You went there at the, and, uh, and uh, your life was going to be, you're not going to see your the family anymore. So you bring, up a, you bring up a word that I want to sort of unpack a little bit. You talked about assimilation. And it's a word that gets thrown around quite a bit from people who are immigrants, people who've come from other countries. If you're coming from here, going into Argentina, Argentina to Mexico, Mexico to the United States. Do you feel in order to be successful as an immigrant, because we know right now that these conversations around immigrants who are coming to this country, to the U.S. and being very successful. And then you have people who've, who've never left this country who are becoming, who are who are who have issues with folks who come from these other countries and they find a level of success. Do you feel that that as an immigrant, you have to assimilate within the culture in order to be successful? Or do you still need to hold on to your your roots? I think it's in between, because mm. first of all, you should have your roots. You can never forget your roots because mm. your root is the base of building the, the, the castle. Mm. And, but you have to assimilate to the country, you have to speak the language, you have to understand in order to function properly. Mm -hmm. And for a young person, I think there had to be a motivation. They had to be from inside something to a really role model to, to encourage and to, because you need somebody 
because nothing is going to be smooth. The road is going to have some pothole there. And you can have a flat tire, but the, the moment you get a flat tire, you cannot just sit down at the, at the edge and start to cry. You're going to be upset. I'm going to be upset, but you have to look for somebody to help you out, to keep moving. The night is coming. And you're going to be in the middle of the world, in the middle of the night. So let's talk about, let's talk about the book. Um, yes. Why the title, The American Doctor? Because well, you, you represent so many different cultures. You have this Argentinian side, then you have this Italian side, but you decide to call the book The American Doctor. Why? Well, because when I was a child, to be a professional was to be in the top of the Himalaya, the top of the mountain the achievement to be, and to be a doctor already was something uh, out of this world for me. And to be a doctor in the United States for this gringo mm. that didn't speak the language. I, I was 28 years old and my degree was not recognized in this country. So I had to pass the exam. And I never saw multiple choice in my life. Imagine at 20 years old, and I, I couldn't reason, I couldn't, I couldn't understand the multiple choice. There was, as a matter of fact, I had such a bad experience that still today, once in a while, I get nightmare. The tremendous nightmare, they affected me because you see what happened when I went to, for seven years with the priest, they were German priests, they really were, they left a the mark on me, the, the responsibility, something that they, in some way was not healthy. Made me timid. Uh, I, I was shy. I, when I, I, I was I started to be a teenager and then start to ask questions, uh, they didn't want for me. I was reported. I had to go in front of the, the superior. And he really um, talked to me very harsh. He told me that if I don't behave, because uh, you couldn't ask certain questions. And then uh, they were I was going to be a spell. And I was told, well, what are you going to do if we, uh, you get a spell? After, after all, you are no intelligent. See, that didn't bother me because I didn't understand. I was a teenager, but eventually, gradually, this fact that somebody told me that I was no intelligent, you know, it, it, it bothered me. It's something like an echo, it was like an echo there. So, but you know, uh, I proved, I proved this, proved this that he was wrong. You proved them wrong. What 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 are some of the roadblocks that you feel that were purposely put in the way for you that you might not have seen in other maybe cultures that existed? So you were coming in here from a, from Italy, from Argentina, and do you feel that there were any roadblocks that were put in the way that other maybe races of people didn't have to deal with? Well, in in Argentina, yes, in Argentina, definitely was a race because I was an immigrant. First of all, my friends, we went to college. They were some of the millionaires, the doctor, 
estanciers, estanciers is uh, owner mm -hmm. thousands of acre of land, cows, sheep, whatever, and uh, lawyers. Okay, so I was the poor son of the immigrant. I was at the battle, uh, uh, at the battle of the and the basement. Everybody was flying high. I was in the basement, and of course that created. I would make me shy. I didn't have the proper clothes to. I never went to no place because uh, there was uh, like a stigma, a mark on me. So that's why the desire for me mm -hmm. to to succeed. So that's the main thing. The, the main thing that, that I have uh, over there. When I came here, uh, of course, the the barrier, the language, the. Um, uh, that, that was that was uh, was difficult uh, um, to to surmount, but uh, gradually, gradually, I I I, I succeeded. So so talk to me. Uh, let's go. Let's dive deeper into the book. So, what would you say is the mission or vision of of your book? After someone would have put this book down, what do you want? What do you want them to do? What do you want them to say? How do you want them to feel? Do you want them to, to sort of buy into your story or do you want them to find themselves within their story, within your own story? Well, I, the main thing, there is the hope. I want for them to look at the future. The reading the thing that went through, by the way, those, my personal experience, true experience, I want for them to get the courage to succeed because a waste of a, somebody's mind is a, is, is a crime, really. Because one person, imagine one person wrong, like Einstein, for instance, Pasteur, whatever, okay? One person, look at how uh, one person, what can do for our, our civilization. So this should be a future for everybody, but they have to be responsible and they be a, be inside motivation. And of course, you should be that person should be help, be helped one hundred percent, one hundred percent, because uh, uh, it should this should be fair in nature. So how does a how does a kid who doesn't come from wealth, who might not have seen a doctor that looks like them that speaks his his language, how does he then make up in his mind that this is what I'm going to do? Well, uh, my suggestion is there is first of all that kid has a mother, and that mother has a feeling and that mother want the best for that child. That child should have some guidance, maybe have a priest or minister or, or a teacher or somebody to open their eyes because at a certain stage, you don't see clear, clear. everything is foggy. So you need just an extra push and extra encouragement. And I didn't have that. I didn't have nobody 
I, I told you I went through the dead end. I, I don't want for somebody to waste in their time going through the tunnel without reaching the goal. As so, you as, go ahead. Yeah. So uh, they, they should, in one way or another, it should have somebody to be around because they are going to be difficult moments. We all have difficult moments. But those difficult moments, you need somebody, even somebody holding your hand or hugging you or say one good word. It's a, it's a plus in certain time. As you look at this huge influx of folks migrating to the United States from all over the globe, and as you look at what's happening to attacks on a variety of different immigrants who are coming to this country, what are your thoughts about what's happening now as opposed to what was happening when you were coming or when you arrived to America? Do you see similarities? You see any differences? Well, in, at that time, there was more ignorance, perhaps people were less informed. There were not the communication that we had today. So people were more tolerant because they were the desire to leave their own country in which there was so much misery and to reach a place where there was a hope. So those people, they could tolerate more the abuses or whatever. But today it's different because people are more educated. There is better communication, the, the, the media information, and, and people deserve, deserve to be respected. The abuses cannot be the abuses, the thing that they happened uh, uh, during World War II with the concentration camp and you, you name it. This is a, this is a crime, crime. Mm. It shouldn't happen. And still today we have war. Mm -hmm. But people should be, should be conscious, should be, should be psychologically, people should be saying their opinion that this is not right. So when you so when you arrive into this country, uh, I love I love the the stories of when people first step onto America, and I've done a show. I just I've done several shows called Coming to America, where I've had storytellers from different countries tell that story. Walk me through the day. Where did you, where did you come in? What what part of the country did you come in? Share with me what was in your mind, what was going on, what did you smell, what did you feel, and then. Were there some things that you thought that were going to happen and see that you actually didn't? So where did you arrive? Well, I arrived to Kennedy Airport from Rome. Okay. And it was a November day, gray day. <laughs> and then my family from New York and Connecticut they came to pick me up. We went through the, to go through the Bronx, Palm Parkway. And the thing that was, like I say, it was a gray day. And there was a pile of garbage all over because there was a big strike. There was a terrible strike. And so the garbage was all And inside myself, I, I had my family, they were talking to see 
uh, happy to see me after so many years, but inside myself, I start to wonder, did I, did I make another bad choice? <laughs> did I make another mistake? Well, that's true. So anyhow, so eventually I was informed that there was a garbage and this and that, and eventually we went to Palam Parkway, whatever, and uh, during the day I was, I was able to walk around. It was uh, nice. Uh, and uh, so uh, eventually what happened, I said, well, I would like to stay in this country, but I didn't know that my uh, license, my uh, MD was not recognized in this country. So when you came here, you had a degree already. I was MD. Uh, yeah, was I was a doctor. Yeah, but I was not recognized here. So in order to be recognized, I had to take a, an exam called ECFMG. It's a, given for a foreign graduate and the American graduate outside United States. After you pass that exam, that allow you to apply for an internship or residence program. And I chose surgery, and it took me five years of training. Mm. And the rest is history. So, wow. Well, <laughs> so you have a very strong story coming to the country, then having to go back to school after you spent time in school. If you can go back, back in the day, as they say, and you can pull up that little boy with the Italian and, and I guess, Spanish accent as well. Uh, if you can go back and tell your younger self anything about where you are, a possibility, what would you say to him? Well, uh, you know, sometimes I think about because right now I will be 82. Mm. In April, I will be 82. And of course, I don't have the energy that I used to have before when I was young. And, you know, many times I was awake for 24, 48 hours because I can, if I don't sleep at night, I cannot sleep during the day. And constantly calling for intensive care or whatever. So you, I was, I was, um, you know, that built my character. And I look back at that, and sometimes I, I don't understand myself how I managed to accomplish what I accomplished. And now I had doubt myself because I don't have the energy. But in some way, I also am proud of what I have accomplished because the easy way is to quit. And in a difficult time, I didn't quit. And so that's a plus for me. Well, we are so glad that you didn't quit. We want to encourage you to pick up Doc's book. It is going to be coming out real soon. Uh, how can my listeners get in contact with you uh, if they want to hear more of your story? And how can they get a copy of your book? Yeah, they can follow on Instagram that the Salvatore for China MD. Uh, the book is there called The American Doctor. And it's going to be released March 14. Hmm. And Amazon uh, can be pre-ordered through Amazon. Hmm. Well, I encourage you to go pick up the book. I encourage you to listen to his story. Just an inspiration traveling to this country, coming from some other environments, but still having this mission and vision 
to be a doctor, but beyond being a doctor, there was something inside of you that talked about service that you wanted to serve others. So I appreciate you for hanging out with me today. Thank you very much. I appreciate the opportunity to, to meet you and talk to you. Thank you very much. And I cannot do this without you all that are out there. Thank you. Thank my producers. Thank you for Supremacy for our theme music and all you for listening. Make sure you subscribe, leave a comment, pick up the book, stop being stingy, share me with all of your friends. If you want to know more about me, you can visit my site. That's drlds.com. And as always believe that something wonderful is about to happen. That some people miss the message because they're too busy looking for the mess? Not you. You have been listening to Sound Bombing. If you like this episode, please subscribe. We'll see you later. Take care. Peace.